You're listening to episode eight of the Simply Sabbath podcast. Rest doesn't have to be a four-letter word. If you feel like you're about to break from exhaustion, let me invite you to Simply Sabbath, a podcast for the burnt-out Christian mom who longs to get back to the core of who she is and to reclaim the deep joy and stabilizing peace Jesus has for her in her everyday without the mom guilt that often accompanies self-care practices. Hi, my name is Rachel Fehrenbach, and I help busy moms just like you add a simple rest-filled family Sabbath to their week so they can experience a refueling that gives them exactly what they need to live the life that God has called them to. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's get to it. My favorite part of our Sabbath practice is the meal time we have to kick it off. In the Jewish tradition, this meal is called the Shabbat meal, and it includes traditions such as candle lighting and blessings. It is an intentional practice that ushers in this time of rest in a beautiful and connected way. My friend Ruth has been hosting Shabbat meals as part of her Sabbath practice for many years now. I've asked her to come and share with us how this meal time has benefited her Sabbath rest and any tips she has learned along the way. Thank you for being here, Ruth. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about your family? Okay. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Um, my family, we have a family of five. And so it's my husband. We've been married for almost 11 years. I have um, two daughters and a son. So they're ages three, almost eight, and 10. Oh, wow. You have very similar ages. I have a five-year-old though, instead of a three-year-old. <laughs> so, yeah. so young kids, that's kind of, that. I, we might talk a little bit about that because oftentimes moms are like, I can't do it. My kids are too young. So we'll get into that. But first, how do you define Sabbath? What does, what does Sabbath mean to you? I would say it means it's an intentional time of rest. Um, it kind of is going back to the basics of connecting with the Lord and connecting with one another in our home. Um, it's not something that we feel like we have to do, but it's something that we feel like we get to do. And it's an invitation from the Lord. Mm. So I think that's how I would define Sabbath in our home. So how did you start practicing Sabbath? Um, how did we start? So I think it's always, it's always been something that I've been interested in. And, um, we started, um, it was just in the flow of our community, our, our friends, our church family. Um, we were beginning to kind of dive into the biblical feast and we began doing the Passover Seder, the Feast of Tabernacles and Shabbat meals was one of those things that, um, we started doing. And so we were all kind of like learning about it on our own. And then um, it became a consistent thing. But I think that having others around us that were learning about it helped to kind of um, launch us into it. That's really nice. That's nice that you have a community that is practicing it as well and can, you guys can talk about it and share ideas and what it might look like, you know, because I don't think... I know I don't know very many people I'm learning. I'm meeting more and more people as I talk about it on social media and this podcast, but, um, it's, it's nice that you have that within a community. What does your Sabbath practice look like on a weekly basis? 
it definitely the centerpiece. Um, the meal takes on the centerpiece of our, our Sabbath. It's how we launch it, how we begin it. So we have this lovely meal around the table and it has looked different, you know, throughout the different seasons of my kids' ages. It has um, evolved and, you know, at times we've done it on Friday night. At times it's been on um, Saturday for brunch is currently where we are. And that's where it is Ooh. in our in our, our week. And it's so fun. My And my husband is an amazing cook. And so he, he prepares the table. He sets the table um, and... We mentioned young kids, my three-year-old, we say his, his job right now is just to learn to eat and to make a mess at the table. That's his, his role right now, but it, it, it really does center around um, the table. And so we have a meal and um, we light the candles and we pray, we eat, we have conversation about natural things and spiritual things. And, um, um, sometimes there's reconciliation that, that happens. It's a, it's all very, um, a natural flow of, of relationship. And sometimes we have a teaching, um, just whatever is on my heart or my husband's heart. Sometimes we just grab, um, the book or the, a Bible and we read from it, but there's, um, usually a time of teaching. And at the end we sing and we take communion and everyone, um, has a role the kids get to pick out the song and sometimes they lead the elements of the communion. So um, we're not really strict or rigid of how we do things, but we are consistent. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions for you. <laughs> and I have so like, I love everything you just said, but before I get into that whole Shabbat meal side of things, and I have a few questions about that. Um, do you guys continue the Sabbath after that? Do you Sabbath for a longer period of time after your meal? I, I like how it's on Saturday morning these days because it just, it sets the stage for the rest of the day. We're in a place of rest and it's the, the language in the home is what makes your heart sing, what sounds fun. And it's going to look different yeah, for different people, definitely. But we're in a place of we wrestle with the, that feeling that comes when we rest and um, it's creating that culture of knowing that we're loved before we do anything. And, and so we even practice that with one another, like we're resting, we're like, you're loved even before you lift a finger, you know, because we're in the space the rest of the day where we sometimes want to fill it instead of just feel it. And, and it's okay. I mean, sometimes we want to do fun things and we're going to be doing, but we want it to be from a place of peace and joy and not just trying to fill a feeling because we created space, you know, mm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh, it does. And I just love everything you just said there. Can you repeat the phrase you guys say that you're loved before you lift a finger? Is that what you said? Yes. So it's kind of like a mantra for you guys almost. <laughs> it is. I love that. I, I never have thought, I haven't thought about creating kind of like a refrain to be said that, but I really, that really kind of ushers in a certain attitude with mm -hmm. your Sabbath by saying that. And I also loved what you said about, uh, we are tempted to fill it, but we want to feel it as well. That was so good. Do you do anything specifically for yourself? Like, do you have a certain um, like a time of like, okay, mom gets to rest in this way. Dad gets to rest in this way. You guys 
do something or do you have anything like that? You know, I, I do like to paint. My husband likes to sketch. Um, we all like to watch TV at times. (laughs) Um, if we watch like a movie or something together, um, sometimes the kids like to play charades and that's always very fun. Um, but I guess if I was to do something for myself, it's go outside and I set up my paint station and that feels like something I wouldn't, I couldn't do another day of the week, but I'm doing it because I'm worth it. I can, um, take that time and, and do something that feels like it makes my heart come alive. It's life-giving. Um, in the word I'm thinking of like indulging, you know, it feels like such a, a good thing to do, but I don't always create that, that space or allow myself to do it because there's so many other things going on. It's like the dessert at the end of your week. Yes. yes yeah. yeah. I liked what you said about how it makes you come alive and you enjoy it. And it's life giving. I think that's really important that we incorporate those things into our Sabbath practice. I think that's really the invitation in scripture is to, it's not about just like stopping. It's about enjoying what you've created the other six days of the week. Okay. Uh, what all is entailed in that Sabbath um, Shabbat meal? And what's like the prep behind it? What do you make sure that's always on that table? Kind of explain that piece of it to us. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I do want to note for people starting out, like when we did start out in the beginning, my, my joy and my peace was like takeout and paper plates. And that's where I needed to begin. And that was important for me to not feel like I was doing something out of duty and just one more thing. And then my heart, my heart, my husband came into cooking and he just makes amazing meals. And so, um, he's the one that really takes on, um, the brunch, the, you know, we always have bacon and eggs, like frittata. He does sourdough. He always comes up with something um, fun and yummy. I want to be good at your house on Saturdays. (laughs) That sounds so good. And he, I don't think he puts a lot of planning into it. He thinks about it when the day before, when I'm getting groceries, I ask him what he wants me to get. He talks to the kids about it. Um, The girls are always a part of helping him cook the meal that's a part of the day where I'm, um, I'm with my little three-year-old and I'm doing things like the elements. And so we do bread and grape juice and candles. Do you use special bread or just any bread? Um, we just do any bread. Okay. I, I do remember making hello bread, braiding it. You know, when I was thinking about this podcast back when I was single, I was even drawn to to doing a Shabbat meal. And I did it with my family and my mom and I were braiding the halal bread, but, but now we just do. (laughs) Okay. So you gather the elements with your little guy while your husband's making brunch with your, your daughters. Um, so what else is on your table? So you have your elements and then you mentioned candles. Do you use the um, traditional two candles or do you have something different? We do, we do two candles. And then is there anything else on the table? Do you set it really nice? We do. I mean, we use like our nice dishes and you make uh, it special. We make it special. Yeah. We have juice and um, instead of, you know, always just doing water for the kids currently 
a really easy book that I'll just grab off of the shelf is Foundations by Ruth. Oh, I love that book so much. And I will link to it in the show notes for sure, because it is so good. So it's really easy for this kind of thing. It's short, it's simple. It's um, a lot of times it's geared towards older kids, but it, it very much can be incorporated for the younger yeah. kids. And so I feel like I'll have it for a long time. And when we're at the table, we're not trying to like do this really long, big message. And, you know, we want it to like be going quick and um, have it be relational and conversational. And so that that book is very helpful. Have you found by having it week after week that the conversations happen more naturally? Probably, yes. And my kids know what to expect. Yeah. But it does feel like they always have something new to share and to say. Do your kids ever give you trouble about doing it? <laughs> oh no. They really if we don't do it, then we'll we'll get trouble. <laughs> I think that's a testament to how you have intentionally cultivated your Saturdays. Like you're spending time with each other. They have certain roles and responsibilities. They almost have buy-in with what's being made. So they feel like they're contributing to it as much as you are. And I love that because I think that's really the picture that we get in scripture when, um, you know, God is telling the Israelites how they're supposed to go out and gather manna together and, it's very much a family activity more than an individual activity. And so I love that you are inviting your children into the planning process. You're inviting them into the preparation process and you're saying, you know, come do this with us. So I think that's really smart. Do you, do you make them prepare like by cleaning? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, Oh, cleaning before I was going to say cleaning after. Um, what about cleaning your house before you get to Sabbath? Whose role is that? Cleaning the house before we get to Sabbath. That's a good question. We all take part in that. Okay. Well. Do you make it an important, like, okay, so you're, you're doing brunch. So you're waking up, you're not awake for very long before you guys kick this off. So yeah. do you prepare? I guess my question is, do you, I'm assuming that after your Sabbath starts, you guys don't do any kind of cleaning or anything like that. Um, and I may be wrong about that. So is that true? Well, we wake up to, we wake up to a clean house. Okay. So, so yeah. So then how do you get that clean house before you wake up? I guess that's my question. Well, the night before we just do, everyone has a tidy area that they do and before they go to bed. And so when we wake up, it's uh, mostly tidied. I'm trying to think we, we still have to, I mean, that's a good point of like, then, then there's the whole day. They still tidy at the end of the day. Um, on Saturday, we still like eat and, um, you know, as long as we want to be eating and drinking and doing those things, we still need to like wash our dishes and empty right. the dishwasher. And so, um, but there's no like heavy chores of mm -hmm. cleaning windows or dusting or anything like that, but the basic things, but those, those little things that you're doing, you don't feel like they're pulling away from your rest time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what, what's been your favorite meal so far that your husband's made for Sabbath? Wow. Um, what is my favorite? He makes really good cinnamon rolls. Oh, oh my goodness. I can just imagine like the house smelling really, really nice. Like 
it like would make you want to rest if your house is filled with cinnamon roll smell. <laughs> in coffee in the morning, oh. coffee with the meal and frittatas. He makes really good frittatas and like cast iron. So it's really thick and I'm, I'm like to be healthy. And so having the like sweet potatoes and eggs, mm. um, in this yummy, yummy dish is makes me happy too. That's another probably favorite. That would make me happy too. <laughs> oh, that sounds very good. Have you like stumbled across anything that makes that practice of having the Shabbat meal more enjoyable or more poignant in your, um, in your guys' life? I think being able to be flexible. I think that that's important and letting it get derailed. You know, if we have a plan, letting the, the plan go, if it needs to be. So kind of like following the flow, reading your people and had their hearts. I think that's really important. Not trying to control anything or make anything happen. I think that's, that's been helpful is to be flexible and, um, and stick with it when something comes up in a heart there are lessons because we're all together um, that we get to learn that are just so beautiful. And I remember one lesson was um, correction is not rejection. And I remember mm -hmm. we were just helping a kiddo with something that had happened and there were just like tears and we were trying to figure out um, how to help. And mm -hmm. I felt, I feel like because we stayed in the flow of things and we're sensitive to the needs and hearts that we were able to bring out this truth nugget for the whole, you know, family to glean from and to take with us into our week. And so I, I think that that's, that's important and that's helped us make it um, a little bit better. You know, it's definitely evolved. And in the beginning it was, we were probably trying to make something happen a little bit more, or we just hadn't found our own yet. Over the years, it's been neat to see it become our own. It's going to look like us and our family and each family is going to look a little bit different, but not trying to fit the mold of anyone, anyone else's. Um, so making it our own, I think was important and being flexible and sensitive to the needs of our table. I think those are things that have helped us along the way create consistency and to stick with it. Cause otherwise, if we if we felt like, Oh, it's not going as planned, we may have given up. Um, mm -hmm. but we saw the fruit come forth when we would stick through, stick with it and, um, and kind of see breakthroughs sometimes come forth. So it sounds like by having that consistent practice and creating that structure that your kids could enter into that rest with you. And it allows for more vulnerability. It allows for more honesty. It allows for that natural and organic unfolding of yeah. conversation. And it allows you to connect with them in a really holistic and deep and meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And I, that reminds me of something the, and then when others come into it, it is already an environment of feeling safe, and like everyone that's there already feels like loved and accepted. And when others come into it, I'm just, I'm again, thinking of a story where someone had um, something that they were struggling with and they felt free, you know, to share. And then we came around and prayed for that person. And so I think it creates um, 
something that you can invite others into as well. I mean, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to go so deep. Um, right. Sometimes it's just relationship building, but it is something that we've created to let others come into. I love the word you use there, safe. It's a safe space to share. And I think that sense of safety is a natural outflowing of Sabbath, because when we really think about what Sabbath is at the heart of it, it's relinquishing any false idea that we have something to do with our salvation. It's relinquishing any false idea that if we strive enough, we're going to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish. And it really puts it back into the, the um, perspective that at the end of the day, God is our provider and he's faithful and good and just, and that it's through the work of um, Christ on the cross and his death and resurrection that we have our salvation and that there's grace in that. And there's a beautiful unfolding of mercy and uh, outstretched love to us. And so when you sit down to a meal that's centered around this beautiful biblical truth of acceptance, it just naturally blankets the table with this grace. And it does create that safe space for anybody sitting at that table to share what it means for them to rest in that grace, what it means to accept God's acceptance of them. And so I just think that's such a beautiful, it's just a beautiful way of looking at it. And it's a beautiful thing that you've created for your family and for those you invite to join you. So let's talk about that a little bit about inviting others to join you in this Sabbath practice that it doesn't have to be just for your, you and your family, but it can be a natural way to invite people into that space with you and cultivating those deeper relationships. Because I think we often talk about wanting those deeper relationships with others and doing life together. that's something that I hear people say, like, I want to do life with people, but I don't know how to make that happen. So can you tell us a little bit about what it looks like when you invite others into your home for a Shabbat meal? I, I feel like it's just like the spectrum of it at times. It's just this very practical need meeting thing in our hearts for, for community and friendship with one another. And so it just meets this need of um, accumulating the minutes together of being in each other's presence and just filling our love tanks kind of. Mm-hmm. And so just a very practical like friendship. And then we've, we've very much had times of um, saying, you know, we feel like the Lord today when we've invited people in, um, inviting us to repent for anything. And we've had, um, times of repentance with, with friends and, and church family as we've invited them into it. So it's like this, this array of like, just very fun time with friends and, um, building relationship building to like deep spiritual things that maybe people are hungry for and that we, we are willing to go there. It just, depends on the flow of the, the Holy spirit and, um, and what the, the needs are at the table and where people want to go. But I feel like it can be this, it's been a different spectrum of what it, what it looks like. So when you invite somebody over, do you, um, ask them to bring anything or do, is it really like you are hosting them and they are just being served or is it like, come be a part of it? It's a little bit of both. I think, um, mainly People, they don't need to bring anything usually, but if they want to bring something, they, they can, if they want to contribute. 
I'm just sitting here thinking, and is it ever awkward to ask people to like join you for this? Like if they haven't ever done it before, like, do you find it's a little awkward? Like yeah. I'm thinking about myself. I'm like, I would love to invite people to join me for this, but I haven't yet because I feel like it's a little, it's so different than what most people experience that I am a little like tentative about it. <laughs> so my husband and I are very different and my husband will not tell people. He'll just say, come over for brunch. And I, I think I've adopted that at times. Okay. In my head, I'm like, this is a Shabbat meal, you know, like this is sacred and this is yeah. special. Um, and, but I think that it's become, it's not awkward. I, I do remember in the beginning, it kind of being awkward and because we hadn't developed our rhythm, but mm-hmm. now it's like, it's who we are. And so if we're friends, you know, you're not going to be surprised. <laughs> That's true. If they know, <laughs> if they're friends with you, they most likely know that you practice this and this is something you do on a regular basis. Um we don't always take it to, um, we don't always pull off the book off the shelf when we have, it just, it really depends on the, where we are on the spectrum. But do you always open it with like lighting the candles and prayer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We always do the candles, the prayer and the communion. Do you um, have a specific prayer you say, or do you just from week to week, it varies? Yeah. Okay. We have, we actually, I wrote like a little um, liturgical wording. (laughs) I never know quite what to call it, but I did write something that we say week after week. Um, and so, but I do, I think the point that I was trying to make is like that lighting of the candles, that like regular rhythm of like a visual representation that we've entered into a special time. I think that's important. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't do it without the candles because it's so special. It's just, it, it is. What kind of impact has practicing Sabbath had in your life? What kind of impact? Well, I think that it helps us to be present and have more peace um, throughout the other days of our week. It's definitely something we carry over. I, I think that we're, we benefit in ways that we, we don't even know because rest is a form of worship and an act of trusting the Lord. And so I feel like there's, there are blessings that, that we're not even aware of, of from honoring the Lord, um, Mm. his, his protection, his, um, his presence. Um, I definitely feel it in our home. I think that we benefit from this, the, the culture in the home of just that, um, what I mentioned earlier of like, we now go through our week going, even before I put my, my finger to the work, I'm loved, I'm valued, I'm valuable. Even if I can't produce, you know, I'm not I'm trying to earn love, but I'm already loved. I think that's an important aspect that we carry throughout our week because we practice it on like the intentional day of rest of creating that space and it carries over. I think also the, the, the language that we use of what makes our heart sing, what sounds fun, what makes mm-hmm. our heart come alive, just getting in that posture of removing things that we feel like we, we need to do, but it helps us to but do things that um, it's okay to, to have fun. And I feel like it connects us to the Lord and to one another. Mm-hmm. And so I feel 
that's a benefit that we experience is um, we practice that the connection and it, it carries over. So we have that that peace, that increased peace and, and presence with one another and with the Lord. Is there anything you would like to add or to to let our listeners know before we start to wrap up? Let's think. Um, I think the just for those that are starting out doing it, I kind of have a heart um, for for people to not get overwhelmed. And and so like my story of starting out with like paper plates and takeout, like that's where where it began for us. And not feeling like if you're starting out that you have to fit into a mold of what it should look like or what it looks like for others, but let it become your own and start where you are and start small um, and let it, let it go, go off the tracks if it needs to, especially in the beginning, Mm -hmm. not trying to to plan it or to control it and think about it as a long-term like culture creating thing and not just like a one, one time, but it's something that you're, you're creating for the future and um, making those decisions and moving from a place of, of joy and peace instead of duty and obligation. I um, have these eight years that we've evolved over time and where we are today is not where we started. And, um, but it's such a good thing to do. And we've definitely benefited. I loved what you said about a culture that you're creating. You're creating a culture within your home of work and rest and that's going to take time. And yeah. I think that's really a wise thing that you've just said. Um, and it's wise for us to adopt that mindset of we are creating culture in our home for our kids to walk into and to live out and to take with them when they leave our home. And that's going to take time and it's going to take repetition. It's essentially laying a foundation for them that they don't have right now. And so it is, it's, it's a work in and of itself. <laughs> so, very good. Well, you know, I, I could just keep talking to you because I love everything you've been saying. I think it's, I, we've been practicing Sabbath for a few years now. And, um, and I look at your like eight years and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so amazing that you guys have been faithful to that. Um, and I think you're seeing the benefits, you're reaping the benefits of just that input into the weekly rhythm of it for so long. So I look at that and I'm I'm just encouraged and inspired by that and by your testimony about it. I want to thank you for coming on here and just sharing so openly with us with what has, where you started, where you're at right now, what has worked, what maybe didn't work. Um, I just, I think that will be a great benefit to our listeners today and, and that they'll take away knowing that they just need to start somewhere and to not uh, forget how starting off of a meal can really set the tone and that they are creating a culture for their kids. And so I want to thank you for coming and sharing all those things with us. Before we go, I want to make sure because you are a writer and you have some beautiful words of wisdom that you share through um, your blog and social media. And so I want to make sure that people can find you. Uh, So tell us where can they find you? And I know you have a special gift for them if they subscribe to your blog. So tell us about that as well. Yes. Maybe we could link the website 
it's not easy, but it's in my profile of Instagram, which is at Ruth Pauly underscore. Mm. So yes, there's a free resource called where beauty breathes and love grows. And I, um, as I get new subscribers, sometimes we go through a small group and it's been so fun. It's been, um, and sometimes Shabbat will come up and there'll be lots of questions. And so it was neat how I was able to come here today and talk about this because it felt like fresh. And I had, um, recent language from, from talking about it with friends. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. (laughs) This has been a very, very inspiring and encouraging conversation. So definitely I'll link to your website in the show notes, go follow her on Instagram, check out her blog and um, subscribe. So you can receive that, that wonderful resource. Ruth, before we close, can I pray for us? Yes. Oh, Father God, thank you so much um, for Ruth. Thank you for her uh, her words of wisdom and encouragement and inspiration that she has given us. Uh, thank you for this idea of a Shabbat meal and how it can cultivate community and connection with both you and with others. Lord, um, I pray for those who are considering implementing something like this into their Sabbath practice. I pray that you would uh, just cover them with a peace and a knowledge that uh, they can start small. They can start simple and uh, have it grow and evolve over the years, but they can just start, Lord. And that's the part I I hope that they hear from us today is that just start with what you have and start simple and just start so that you can begin to enjoy the benefits that come from incorporating a Shabbat meal within your Sabbath practice. And Lord, I pray that our listeners will walk away today with that idea that they are loved even before they lift a finger. I loved how Ruth said that. And I pray that our listeners know that and they feel your love for them and they feel their value and they feel that they are valuable in your sight, Lord, and you desire to delight in them and for them to delight in this world that surrounds them and this life that they're living. And so I ask that you would show them what it means to, um, to engage in things that make their heart sing, like Ruth said earlier, and that they would seek you and find you in their Sabbath practice this week. And Lord, we ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Well, thank you again, Ruth, for joining me. I really enjoyed talking with you. And thank you for listening into today's episode. Let's plan to meet back here next week as we continue to talk about Sabbath rest and what it could look like in your life. Bye. Hey, I just want to say thank you for joining me for today's conversation. I know many things demand your attention and I don't take lightly the privilege it is to share your time. I want to make things as easy and simple for you. So I've linked to all the resources mentioned in the episode in the show notes. And you can always find the links and more helpful information on my website, www.rachelferenbach.com. As we say our goodbyes, let me remind you that what we're talking about in this podcast is not just another thing to add to your to-do list. This is not another expectation for you to live up to. It is a gift outstretched from the hand of your creator, an invitation to press pause on walking alongside Jesus and all the things he's called you to do, and instead sit down across from him and just be with him. It is an invitation to simply Sabbath. Him.